crowd, stick to the rules, color within the lines. These phases are commonplace in most of our lives. But we at WeVolve speak a different language. We say, strike these out and break the glass ceiling. We bring to you the WeVolve podcast with stories of what gender implies to people from various walks of life. We tell stories of strength, empowerment of the LGBTQIA community and sex education. Today, we are interacting with Team WeVolve together, who has been working relentlessly behind the scenes. We're a group of feminists working towards making impactful change, leading to true empowerment. Hi, my name is Anjali. My pronouns are she and her. I'm the founder of WeVolve Together. I'm tired of being told to behave like a good girl and sit like a lady. Hi, I'm Samiran and my pronouns are she and her. I'm considered too thin to be true. Some of my body parts are bulging out like they're supposed to do. And I'm waiting for the day people realize body shaming thin people is a horrible thing to do. Hi, I'm Adya and my pronouns are she and her. And I'm just tired of being told that people of the opposite gender can't just be friends. Hi, I'm Kumudini and my preferred pronouns are she and her. And I'm tired of being told to stay out of political discussions and tired of being told that your opinions are invalid solely because of my gender. Hi, I'm Sanakshi and my pronouns are she and her. And I'm tired of being asked to wear a jacket every time I wear a tank top. Hi, I'm Arshi and my pronouns are she and her. I'm tired of being told that I have to have long hair and wear makeup and be feminine for the sake of the male gaze. Hi, my name is Nornika. I go by she, her, and I'm tired of being told that I can't crack my knuckles because it's not ladylike. Hi, everyone. My name is Ne. My preferred pronouns are she and her, and I'm tired of being told that the only good thing about me is my figure. Hi, I'm Flora. My pronouns are she and her. And I'm tired of hearing that I play too many sports for a girl. Hi, I'm Manat. My pronouns are she and her. And I'm tired of being told I'm just being paranoid when I feel unsafe to walk on the streets alone. Hi, I'm Shania. My pronouns are she and her. And I'm tired of not being able to wear whatever I want to. Hi, I'm Marini and my pronouns are she and her. In one sentence, I am tired of the patriarchy. All right. So after hearing some insights into our personal lives, I would like to ask all of us here. Now, how do you think casual sexism is propagated in your environment on a daily basis? I think casual sexism has been propagated in my community to the smallest of actions and it starts at home of being said that I need to do something because I'm a girl and not do something because I'm not a girl and I should be restricted to certain environments or certain uh, levels just because of my gender. So it starts at home. Absolutely. Manat? 
I think casual sexism is so common and deep rooted these days that sometimes you can't even tell. Like, especially in like many schools in India, I would say that how you're considered to be a good girl if your hair is tied and it's braided and that your skirt length is proper. How that's what the definition of a good girl is. Absolutely. And I think just to add to that, I think that there are way more dress codes for girls than there are for boys in school. And there is no identification of the non-binary whatsoever. And you can never be someone who is, you know, wearing a girl's uniform with, say, chaps. And, you know, I, I think we were having a conversation the other day in our, one of our team meetings and we were talking about how um, people should be given the option whether they want to wear the skirt or whether they want to wear the pants. And I think that really, really needs to change. Uh, yeah, Snapchat. Yeah, so there's also one thing which, like, I think we've all seen, like, you know, if there's a family function and someone's just had a kid and they go without the kid, it's always the mom who's asked that what who's looking after the kid. I've never seen anyone ask the father that who's looking after the kid, you know? Oh my God, that is so true. So, I mean, I agree with each and everything that we just said, and especially the fact that why I just question myself that why am I always told to have a smile on my face regardless whatsoever my mood is and why am I always told to just be upright and be like that have that perfect posture just because I'm a girl I mean why can't I just sit like I want to just do whatever I want to I mean why why are there so many restrictions just on me and not on my brother absolutely again coming back to how you're supposed to sit like a lady all the time yeah no Nika even for something like gifts we automatically gravitate towards the pink wrapping paper for girls and blue for the boys and that's just so sad very true Kudini I think one thing I've noticed is that whenever there's a function or any kind of dinner the male member gets the food first gets served the food first and even in restaurants the menu is given to the male member who is sitting even if they are younger than them than the female member they get the menu so i think that's one of the things that i have noticed all right um just to add again always whenever like the bill comes it's passed to like the male on the table no matter what usual cases yeah um ashi all right so I have a little anecdote. So basically, my aunt was learning to drive and she was saying that on the road, many men used to like look at her very weirdly. Like they couldn't even conceive the fact that women can drive as well. Women can also be behind a wheel. So I believe in that case, sexism is still present, especially casual sexism. Absolutely. Again, to add to that, um, it is said that, you know, majority of the cars are made according to that the force that is applied by the male body and they're not made to suit women. And secondly, it's just assumed that women are bad drivers, which is so messed up. Uh, Flora. Further on, uh, elaborating on what Sunakshi said, just a little more deeper, in case of an adoption, uh, abortion, I'm so sorry, in case of an abortion, it is always the woman who is blamed for not having feelings for the baby that's inside her and not the man who is equally at fault or 
mistake, whatever that's happening. So I think there's can be sexism there as well. Absolutely. You've brought a very pertinent aspect. Uh, Shania? Yeah, so this is like a very, very small thing, but uh, like Kinder Joy always has two different colors. Like one is specifically blue for boys and one is specifically for girls in pink. And I have always somehow like I, I was never into all of these girly things like dresses and all of that, like all of those kind of toys. So I always took the boy one because they had like cars and stuff. And I like that more than uh, the pink ones. So I was always told, Ki, why you, you're a girl? Why aren't you taking the pink one instead of the blue one? Absolutely. So just being like gendered and everything around you being gendered all the time. Um, Adya? So something that really disturbs me is that whenever there's a religious ceremony, it's always like a girl has to be accompanied by a, the man of the house to take part in the ceremony. She can't take part alone. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's also embedded in the religious ceremonies and etc. that take place about how um, a certain thing has to be held by the man and the woman has to follow and all of those aspects. Like I recently did a project about like just Hindu marriage and its patriarchal aspects. And I was so shocked to hear about how one of the most um, pure and considered to be one of the most pure um, practices in the marriage being so driven by patriarchy and you know it, it's so stark and it's being followed till date and these practices aren't changing which is extremely shocking and I really think that with time the you know people are going to stop practicing these things even more yeah uh, Varani so uh, growing up in a joint family, I've seen this a lot. So we are, lot, we are three brothers and three sisters along with cousins. So the brothers have had literally people appointed to them so that they learn different, different sports. And they are sent to cycle at like 5 a.m. or something. And all, us, all of our sisters were never even given that option. And it was, just, it, it was not something that came to our mind that we could do it. And one of my brothers, as a kid, liked to dance. But today he says that he hates it simply because he was never put in dance being told that it's something only girls do. Right. Um, Snee? Right. So when we're talking about all our experiences, I just want to bring up like one uh, point that I thought of. I don't know if others have faced this or not, but I personally feel that casual sexism is often propagated under the cover of being independent. And I feel that happens deliberately and sometime, sometimes uh, subconsciously, but it happens wherein uh, that's happened to me as well. Like when I said, uh, you know, it starts at home, I've been told I should learn how to cook. It's not because one's discriminating against me based on my gender, because I just need to be independent. But that's never been applicable to my brother or other men in the house. So I feel it's, it's always propagated under the cover of independence. Uh, agree. Also, like how how the entire workspace is changing uh, with more empowered women coming across uh, and trying to change that place and becoming more independent. Um, it is it is also um, it's sometimes gendered and deep rooted, but sometimes it actually comes from an aspect of being more independent, but 
people look at it from a very gender point of view even today which is that especially like um over time people say something like you know there are just certain roles that have to be played by the women like certain like for example household chores right that's just expected to that's expected of the woman it's not expected of men to you know put a helping hand forward and when they do do that it's like oh my god this is such a nice person no i mean that person just doing their duty and their daily task is right exactly um um samiran i just have to put it out there because it's very important the worst experience i've had as a girl is getting a sanitary pad in a black packet i mean why what am i hiding who am i hiding there's no rabbit or kind of some animal that i'm carrying or a baby i'm carrying in a packet it's just something i use for sanitation purposes and to keep my personal hygiene uh, hygiene up to the thing i mean i don't get and i mean as a person once when i was given a uh, given the sanitary pad in a black packet by a chemist a very well known chemist of kolkata i took the packet and i threw it on his table and i left so i think everyone should do that proud of you proud of you i have actually been told not to carry the sanitary napkin across the hall if like there are any men sitting and i deliberately did that because i was like no i'm not like going to hide it it's supposed to be noble um anyone else can unmute and go ahead if they have anything very important to say seriously i would like uh, to say just so rakshi followed by mandal so uh it's like we see this everywhere it's like when two people get married it's always the woman who has to take the man's surname and the woman has to move to the man's house like i mean the moving part is changing but then still we have a long way to go definitely mandal Yes, I think continuing what Snee said. Uh, since I was younger, I've always enjoyed cooking and baking, and it was always something that I enjoyed as a hobby. And a couple of times, I've been told, like, "Good, when you're older, you can cook for your in-laws and your husband." Like, no, I'm cooking for myself. Why can't they do it themselves? Like, it's a hobby. It's like a young child that I enjoy it. But even from then, it's situated to be that when I'm older, I can cook for my husband. Yeah, a really, a really messed up concept. And it's actually going to lead to like our second question that we're going to talk about now. Uh, no, Anika, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So in interviews, when um, women who have kids, they are often asked this question: How do you manage your work life with your family life? But not once are men asked this question. And um, also, like whenever we go over to a relative's place, or one of or like a friend's house. Uh, a common question i've been asked is what does your father do like that is just accepted as a normal way of making conversation because like they are answerable how do you take care of your family but they are surprised if the women of the family have a job so yeah. that's so true i mean i've never thought of it like that but like yeah a lot of the um, incidences that each one of you spoke about um, makes me like look back and question lot of things i've heard over time I think I can I can like see everyone knows so yeah um all right so our next question and like point of discussion is about the queer community and its acceptance in our society now when majority of us were speaking we were all talking in terms of binaries uh so how much do you think it's been accepted how much do you think um 
like just your views in general about um the queer community and their acceptance and how do you think people still view them um or like we start with Shri. Yeah, so uh, right now, like we were discussing uh, about casual sexism. So that time, uh, it's like Manat said, uh, that when she was baking, the whole family members told her how she would be able to cook for her husband. Like, that's where it starts. Like, they don't ever consider the fact that they can marry a girl as well. It's always just husband. It's not wife. Yes. And it's also about just gendering the other partner as well. It's about... Um, not identifying the non-binary whatsoever. I think it also starts there. Um, yeah, Samiran? Uh, recently, one of my friends came out as queer. Uh, so her, she had, she actually, she came out quite uh, long back, I think a year or two back, but she came out to more of her friends recent, very recently, a month or two back. Mm -hmm. She was very scared until date is Though she's an adult, she's 18 now, she's still very scared to open up to her family because indirectly when she spoke to them about it, they kind of just said that, why do you want to be? I mean, what is this new trend? Are you going with the flow or like, is it something your friend is doing? They actually asked her to measure her temperature and give her paracetamol for, for just not being feminine enough. And then just because she uh, she considers herself as she like as Shania said that she like if she had Kinder Joy, she choose the boy version because she likes to play with cars. So that's the same way my friend likes to play with us. So she asks for the same thing. And yet again, her family questions her on why she wants to play with a car rather than playing with dolls. That's how accepting our society is. See? I think to answer the point of discussion, um, you know, like queer communities, um, how the acceptance of your uh, queer communities, like around me, I would say that it's as um as a part of the twenty first century. I think or the current generation, um, it's there. We recognize that it's okay, but I don't know. This was a point of discussion even at school in one of our life skills classes, and wherein we discussed about um this ad that was released by Dabur and how it was taken down uh, because it was it goes against the rules of our society and how it should be limited to the binary genders that have been put out and that's a biological man and a biological woman and people can't celebrate love um, being from the same gender so I feel that acceptance is not there and and when you have that being propagated by a person in a in a position of authorities, it leads to more damage that will and will put us on a path where we cannot even achieve it. Absolutely. Um, you talked you talked about people in authority. Uh, also, the fact that being the younger generation, if you're talking about these ideas, you're told to be naive and you're told to be someone who's not well informed and who's, you know, just. Again, as Simran mentioned, going with the flow, following the trend. It's not a trend. It's not a flow. It's it's something we are all trying to um, identify with. And it's it's very much real. It's not something that just happens in the net. Um, and like when I, you know, started reading more about gender dysphoria, I was just like, that's literally someone living in someone else's body that they don't want to be in. And it is very much real. 
Um, yeah, Manak, please go ahead. Yeah, so I think when we're talking about acceptance, a lot of like Indian families, I would say, they pretend like they accept it. But then if you want to talk about it, they act like it doesn't exist or it's such a hush-hush topic. So it makes no sense because they'll act like they do, but in reality, they don't and they will never want to talk about it. And if you do, and if you do come out, it's like you're asking for attention or like she said, like it's a trend, but reality, it's just who you are, but they refuse to accept that. And personally for me, if I've ever wanted to talk about these issues or any like gender equality or anything related to the LGBTQ community, it's if something's wrong and I'll say it, they'll be like, you're being too sensitive. And that apparently our generation now is too sensitive to these things when in reality it's just that we finally started to speak out about the things that have been going on for years. It's not that it suddenly started to happen. Absolutely. And like, you know, the sensitivity aspect reminds you of something completely different, just like mental health problems in general and how they're supposed to like, you know, trigger our sensitive points and we are more sensitive to these things. A, a very not like it's not spoken about people don't pay attention to it not gonna divert this there but just wanted to put this out there uh yes actually please go ahead yeah. yeah so i think we've established that you know queer people are not really accepted by our society and i think one of the main reasons is lack of awareness you know because i've been told by someone that being transgender is a mental illness and that is followed by, you know, you should be learning from the correct sources, you know. So, and it's like studies have shown that being queer has nothing to do with your mental health. You're, you can be perfectly fine. I think the mental health is caused by when people don't accept them. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ashi, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting Sulakshi. Anyways, what I wanted to say is that Frankly speaking, heterosexism is an ingrained notion in Indian society. They think that the that uh, since heterosexuality is what is portrayed in the media, it is normalized and it is the only normal thing which should be present. Basically, the LGBTQI community, I believe, is not accepted by people because number one, it goes against what God wanted, and number two, it goes against a very function of reproduction, of procreation. So I believe that unless we remove these misconceptions that the LGBTQIA plus community is as normal as heterosexuality and that heterosexuality is just a part of the spectrum of the innumerable sexualities throughout the world, then I believe that concrete change can actually be propagated. Absolutely. Um, also, just the fact that um, what is normal and what is abnormal in our society is, you know, just like the word normal is, it's, I, mean, I just want each one of us to like think about what is normalized and what is not. Uh, Can I just add to something Arshi said? Uh, she said how people say it's not something that God accepts. So like, I have been told that it's against a Hindu culture traditions, but um, actually, if you go deep, there have been a lot of instances of gods in this Hindu culture who have been, um, so for example, the Agni God himself was married to another male God. And mm -hmm. if you look into a lot of paintings and castles, they portray um, homosexual relationships or something and that has been removed from all history textbooks or any resources and it's like five of them you can find but they exist yes 
definitely yeah one of uh, one of those goddess god gods is ardhanarishwar ardhanarishwar we call it in bangla it's half man and half a woman you know it's half shivji half parvati so that also we completely decide to ignore absolutely so just a lot of references there which are ignored by history which is ignored by society today and people i think just live in a bubble of denial a lot of times um kumudini Yes, so I think something that has to really be remodeled and modified is the inherent structure of institutions. Like, for example, there is for girls, for boys in many of the names of institutions. One might not identify as a girl. One might not identify as a boy. Inherently, you're alienating them and feel making them feeling left out when you're putting for for boys, for girls in the name of the institution they study in. Right. So I think this is. This is what should be talked about and really looked into and changed because in the twenty first century we cannot be functioning like this. Absolutely, and you know I feel like whenever I enter any place, right, um, especially in India, or uh, you have to always select between being a boy or a girl. Like, if you go to a shopping mall, right, the washroom is either for male or female. If you go to the clothing section, the clothing is either for male or female. So it's all. It's about everything being gender driven, and until very recently, there has not been an inclusion of the non-binary, which you can select as an option when you are filling out a form that is completely legal. So, I just feel like we're just surrounded by gender so much that it restricts us to a very large degree. Uh, no, Anika. i think that um we are automatically considered to be straight unless and until we uh, come out and identify ourselves as any other uh, with any other sexuality and the very possibility that we may not be straight is not taken into consideration absolutely adya so the fact that i really hate is that when somebody comes out we're like oh my god we're so proud of you but in reality with some people it's like the entire viewpoint of the person changes and whenever they look at them the first thought that comes to their mind is they are not straight absolutely and like just being like i think this is also largely ingrained in us that you know we look at people who are not straight differently uh flora coming back to acceptance in the society or somewhere people are not really i know people who are not really against it but as soon as it comes or is known to someone who is their close one they do not understand it mm-hmm. so i know first a friend of mine came out as queer the last month and she told her parents about it and her parents literally said that you are an adolescent and it's just a phase you're going through and you don't know what's right and what's wrong you'll grow up and you'll understand a very a very common thing uh, i think most of us have heard this about someone or ourselves um we'll go very very quick because you're running out of time so mera nation aaya quick yeah so i'll just add to what flora said i uh, if i put my opinions up in general about uh, having opinions about anything in general about feminism itself then it's considered very stupid again it's a phase that i have that i'm a feminist but if i don't know anything if i don't put up an opinion about 
चादर कैसे फोल्ड करते हैं देन देन आई एम नॉट अमन देन आई एम नॉट अ गर्ल आई एम जस्ट समन कम फ्रॉम हेल और समथिंग जस्ट पुट डाउन टू अर्थ I think one of the only positive things that I've heard about acceptance of the queer community is that again one of my friends she came out to her parents and her parents were very accepting of it like they accepted it they did not have any weird reactions and I was very very like I was very glad to hear that and I was very happy for her also so I think that is one of the only incidents where I've heard that uh, like like your friend is the queer community acceptance. Absolutely, and that's that's like a sign of change, which is great. And I'm so glad yeah, and there are people out there who like this. Yeah, and one more point I wanted to say is that like as a kid, uh, my mom used to like ask me that when you get uh, when you grow up, you can marry a girl or a guy you want. Then I was I was a little like this thing that people can like girls can marry girls because I didn't know that as a kid. So. i have at least in my family queer community is always mostly always been accepted like there haven't been a lot of instances where wherever we whenever we spoken about it that it hasn't been accepted that's great who knows uh adya so i think we all know that there was this rainbow cover which was really trending right now so when i tried ordering that a relative of mine was like are you a part of the lgbtqia plus community If you're not, then why are you ordering that cover? And that's just really messed up. Uh, I mean, you could just be a supporter and like believe in pride and just you know just support the community in that in its sense. Great, yeah. And I love how inclusive the queer community in its sense is. Uh, it's it's there for all of us. Now coming to our last and final question, um, which is. have you been given sex education in your like in your life if you haven't um if you have that's great and you can talk about that if you haven't uh then what do have you had access to resources that can provide you with that uh or how did you learn about it over time um and uh, yeah so just go ahead uh alright samiran I don't have really a lot to say because I have never really gotten the talk, and I don't think we're ever going to get the talk because I think it's too late to be given the talk now. We already know a lot, and if we know a lot, we're asked why we know a lot. So, and I, as a person, got to know about it through different. Netflix Netflix shows to be very honest they opened a door for me to different aspects to different ways of welcoming people and then i started researching about what pansexuality is what uh, sapsexual is what in everything in general and then i actually felt that okay might be that i'm actually accepted in the society by some people if not all absolutely uh also like um Recently, I heard about the module that's being talked to um, kids nowadays about good touch and bad touch, and that's like kind of begins. But then, uh, over time, even like being in class twelve, even today, I don't think I have had proper sex education, and whatever I have had has been through resources that are off the internet. Uh, that could be a show, that could be a video, that could be. Uh, an article I read. It could be anything, but like the concept of being given the talk hasn't been there. Flora, you were you wanted to say something? Yeah, 
Firstly, I do not understand why is it called the talk and why is it supposed to be so awkward. Mm-hmm. We have already considered it a taboo of talking about it by naming it the talk. Even we as people, young generations who support this, we usually name it the talk. And very frankly speaking, I have had this conversation with my parents and I have been given sex education according to my age at different points of time due to some incidents. But yes, I have. And I really do not think it was that awkward for me as we already have it pictured in our mind. And because of this picture in our mind, we are actually afraid to even talk about it. Uh, talking from personal experience, um, yes, Flora agreed that it should not be called the talk. Would agree. Uh, but, you know, I've just seen so much about how people have portrayed it over time. And it's, yes, at first, even I thought it would be really awkward. And when I started to initiate conversation, I realized that there was just a lot of lack of awareness, even on the other side of the table. And when that's the case, you kind of realize that, you know, um, and, and after a point, um, my, the people who I was having this conversation with, older people I was having this conversation with, um, they also realized that um, this, this, this generation is going to know on their own and they will probably know more than us. And that's in a way good. And if they are being somehow being educated at the end of the day, that is good enough. And in fact, I heard about this um, incident where um, this one parent gave their child a book that was a guide to sex education because they themselves could not uh, give the talk. Okay, they, they themselves did not have the resources to do it. So they made an effort to go out there and look for something that would make it easier. Um, see. Right. So with regards to like sex education, I feel I wasn't, I was never given the talk or, you know, been um, told to sit down and, you know, explained all of this. I mm-hmm. think um, because of that, it was sort of normalized to me that it's supposed to not be spoken about loudly or, you know, to people. So when I started to grow up and when I started to like come, come around people who actually spoke about it properly and were very vocal about it, I had to unlearn this entire practi- practice that was instilled in me that it, sh- it should be a hush topic. And even when I did um, unlearn that, I felt like uh, I had to go ahead and find verified sources because a lot of the articles online were not verified and they were very misleading. So I struggled with that a lot. All right. Um, Great points brought out there just about like the kind of resources you are accessing and you should be verified about them and what you are reading as well because oftentimes it's not verified. Um, Varuni. So uh, I would not say that I was never provided with any sex education. I was always told when a touch may be inappropriate. And that, I mean, I was told about this in a lot of details and I'm thankful. But I was never told what, when I may be in a relationship and maybe a few years down the line, I, we do want to go ahead and get maybe intimate. But that's something I was never told. Instead, I was fed a lot of wrong information in this field about how it may cause infections or you know you know how it goes so that I had to learn from
I don't think it as much as I like as I would have wanted to know because I think there's a lot that I had to learn by myself. Like people have said, like Netflix or like the internet or whatever was available, and it was made such a taboo topic, especially when we were younger. That I don't want to talk about it, and if anyone brought up like in schools, if it was mentioned once, everyone would look to each other and be like, "Why are they talking about this? It's so awkward." But I don't understand why that was there, and I was one of these people because when we were younger. That's literally how almost all of us have been brought up, and that's just a, such a sad reality. And I think one thing with sex education is even today, when we're looking at resources, they rarely ever mention consent, and I think that's such an important part of it. They maybe slightly talk about good touch and bad touch, but the whole aspect of consent and how important it is and what exactly it is isn't really mentioned. And I think that's something that has to be applied in this day and age. Absolutely, uh, Varni. Back to you. Yeah, I was just saying that um, all my resources have have been social media activism, and like our page, whenever posts go up, I read them sometimes there as well. And I may not be able to talk about it to some adults or someone, but thankfully, people in our generation are pretty open about it and have been able to have conversation without getting awkward, and have learned from some people as well. know. And apart from that, I have just kind of uh, learned the rest by myself from people and internet videos and stuff. Absolutely, um, that it's great to actually have someone who's older to you, uh, kind of guide you through it because they would always know better. Um, Sanakshi. Yeah, so I'm pretty fortunate. My parents are pretty open to talking about. It. I've never really received the talk, but then I have had conversations with them. But then one thing that happened, I was designing a Weibo post. It was about, uh, I think, sex and busting myths about sex. And there was this uh, post which said, you know, about talking about sex talk. Mm-hmm. So someone was like, you know, why don't you just write as birds and bees? That sounds so much better. I don't even know where this came from, this bees and birds thing. And I was like, what? And this other thing also happened to me. So I have this friend. He's in class eight, and he goes, you know what we are learning in bio? I was like, what? The worst chapter in history. Uh, I was like, "What?" He's like, uh, "Reproduction in humans." So it's like, even if they're interested, they feel the need to show that they are not because it's such a taboo topic, and they think that you know, like if they say this is something they find interesting, you know, they'll be considered, I don't know, like a bad person or something like that. Yeah, I I I relate to that. Um, Arshi. Yeah. So honestly speaking, I am very fortunate as well. um because my father ha- has talked to me about safe sex but again the very notion of intercourse has not been introduced to me as such what i have understood is basically from rap songs so what i want to say is that rather than gaining information from netflix rap songs and so on we need to actually promote inclusive communication talking it out and 
also regarding the stigma associated with intercourse we are embarrassed of gaining pleasure apparently so my question is why right why that just reminds me of like one of our episodes uh, where one of our guests karishma she actually said that you know women because they've been told that their genitals aren't supposed to be like they are gross and they're not supposed to be touched etc they don't take ownership of their pleasure ever and um it's just something that has been propagated over time over and over and again, over and over again um yakumi yeah i've personally never got the talk or never actually received adequate sex uh, sex ed but again as many of you said learned it from netflix and social media but i think that comes from a place of extreme privilege also because ma- a majority of india does not have access to such avenues right let's say they have access to you know mainstream bollywood uh, movies who actually don't portray sexual education or even sex for that matter in a very forward and inclusive way it's very regressive how many of the bollywood movies portray and i think and i think india is the second most overpopulated country so sex being a taboo is just you know hypocrisy and does not make sense absolutely and like that reminds me of like this entire conversation we were having in my sociology classes of but these were one of the class one of the classes in gender and we spoke about prostitution and trafficking and all of that and how there are such high rates of that in india and when there are people openly saying that these conversations aren't important they are the ones who are actually um you know responsible for these kind of numbers and these kind of actions and the entire um uh, practice of even prostitution being so taboo because of propagation of patriarchy over and over and over again um sumira you had something to say i just have to add something to kumudini di so based i really agree that bollywood needs to up up its mark now because all my life i have believed that a boy is going to come to me and he's not going to ask me anything there's just going to be flowers all around violence playing and a sharukh khan movie in the background that is all my imagination till a few years back obviously so i think um most of the many american shows and uh, many movies for a fact on netflix act portray love to be something within all genders and not gender restricted as to say but i think bollywood bollywood needs amendments now any day changes coming but very slowly um very very slowly but uh, it is coming and uh, just one last bit that i want to add is that there's always this pressure of the proposal to be on the guy and that idea of love of the approaching and you know the guy coming to the girl and all of that of course that is of course just talking about the binary again but at the same time it's it's also like just so much pressure like i've spoken to my guy friends a lot of times and they've told me that you know there's just always this pressure on us to like make the first move because the girl won't do that and if if the girl does make the first move you're like like why why like why did you do that were you like tired of waiting or something but like it's okay for either of them to do it and that's what equal like it 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 is ingrained again and then uh, it's so deep rooted and it stems from there but i think with time with our generation with more people understanding these concepts it's changing which is great um so with that we come to the end of this episode this was very special to me because i finally had my entire team here which is great uh and we got out some 
things that were extremely personal to us. We discussed extremely important aspects of our society. And I think this is just going to go out there to spread more positivity and tell more people that we can talk about these things openly now. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you.